0: Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is a Wednesday. That means it's mailbag time. We're listening to you. Raider Nation, you send us the email. We read them online. We try to answer your question and give you the best answer we can. We certainly appreciate all of the feedback we get from you out there. Such great listeners, such great questions. Uh, They're a little more quiet this week, Mo, because of these three losses in a row. I'm ready for a win as much as the fans are, because I just would like to have some positive energy.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, just context here. I had the Raiders going to Dubai at three and two, right? Mm -hmm. So this goes back to the, why I'm not moving off my 10 win prediction yet. I had the Raiders going to buy at three and two. So let's say they do beat Denver. It seems dicey now, but let's say they do beat Denver. They have the Chiefs. I don't think they're going to beat the Chiefs. I had that as a loss. But what if they do go into the buy at two and three? And I had them at three and two. Mm. Is, that, is that a reason to, again, move off of my prediction? I'll be one game off, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, again, for the people saying, oh, Mo is too... It's funny, Scott, because it, in previous years, people go, oh, Mo, you're too critical. Lighten up a little bit. <laughs> now, when I had genuine optimism for the team, oh, Mo, you're too positive. And it's like, this is why, as a writer, listen to the writers listening out there go with whatever your prediction is. Of course you adjust as things happen, but whatever your conviction is, positive or negative, go with that and don't listen to the people chirping at you. Just believe in what your research says, believe in your projections. Sometimes you're wrong, sometimes you're right. It happens, that comes with the territory. Yeah,
0: you are, and and but here's the thing, Mo, let me ask you this question before we get to the question that we have here from our listener, Zach uh, Maroon. Zach Maroon has got our question come up, so we'll get to you in a second, Zach. Um, Mo, this team loses against Denver, and then I'm going to assume a loss to Kansas City, just just saying. If yeah. this team's 0-5, again, people calling for Josh McDaniels to get fired, do they forget about, and and with all due respect, do they forget about the last several years under Al Davis and what a joke it was because he kept hiring and firing everybody? Do they really think that that's the approach? Even though things are not working right now, and at 0-5 they certainly would not be working, but they get to zero and five. What what would what would you do as the owner at zero and five? Just let it ride, or does that mean you have to start thinking about some kind of changes where you got to nudge yourself in? What do you do?
1: Something has to change. <laughs> if you start up zero and five with the roster that you have, something's got to change. It's not going to be the head coach. Let's just be honest. I don't even right. listen to the people that go, "Oh, Josh McDaniels has to be 5. They start up zero and five. This is just not going to happen. No but something has to change whether it's hiring another assistant to help josh mcdaniels or, or mark davis calling josh because look we got to add something we got to either add or subtract from this coaching staff or we have we have to do something because this is not working whatever you're doing is not working so you're going to need help and you mentioned i believe in the fam hackett bringing in a kind of like a game day assistant to help game him with the, yeah game manager to help him with decisions. Something like that would have to happen. Now, of course, it's not a game managing issue. It's more to me. It's more of a play calling problem. Correct. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe bring in a run game coordinator, <laughs> something like that. Uh, that will help. Hint, hint. You know? Yes. So, I, I think that is something that you would look at as a change because, again, there's no reason why the Raiders should have the fewest rush attempts league wide at this point in the season.
0: Yeah, and and maybe maybe it's a case of maybe you let, I know he's a young coach, but maybe you let Mick Lombardi call some plays. Because Josh McDaniels, we know, is the play caller. Just like John Gruden was the play caller as well, uh, not Greg Olson, maybe they allow the guy to mix it up a little bit just to do it. So Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, we don't even have to cross that bridge, right? Hopefully the Raiders can win two in a row, at least win one, uh, yes. and maybe play well against Kansas City, even though being one and four would not be great. Let, let's let see improvement. That's what I want to say. I want to see four quarters of football. You know, that's what I said to people against Tennessee. You lose a game like that, and it's competitive all four quarters, and you play your best all four quarters and lose? Okay. It's when you're having outages that is the problem, and that's what they got to avoid against Denver on Sunday. All right, Zach Maroon has this statement and a question. I'm going to read this real quickly. Uh, Zach is from Maine. He says, I love you guys show and look forward to it every week. I've grown up repping Raider nation in enemy territory. I live in new England. Oh gosh. Uh, I'm finally getting to see my first game. He's going for a bachelor party to Las Vegas. You better make it to the game, man. Uh, and of course <laughs> we're going into it with an and three record. I guess it's only fitting. And I hate when Raider fans say this cause I feel terrible. It's the only fitting way to celebrate all 26 years of my Raider fandom. <laughs> A question. It feels to me like our issues are a lot deeper than just personnel or scheme. Sure. We have our fair share of poor play calling and botched execution against the board across the board. I feel like it's a bigger problem. Have you heard if there's any potential issue with team culture? And do you think that this this is an indictment on anyone in particular? I feel like John Gruden and Basaccia were known as leaders of men. And it feels like this wasn't a focal point for this new regime. Thanks, guys. Go Raiders. Mo, you mentioned this yesterday on the show, too, about leaders of men and that statement, and and how that was not stressed in this offseason like it was under the previous regime. Talk a little more about that in relation to Zach's question.
1: Yeah, so I kind of got that idea when I heard Murph say there was no he didn't see, remember, Murph is in Nashville, so he got he was at the game, so he was able to see the player's body language, and he talked a lot about body language and looking at guys when the when the team was down he said there was no urgency there was no fire there mm-hmm. and to me that's a concerning thing because you're Owen 2 you're trying to avoid Owen 3 you're a team coming off of a uh you know a playoff appearance where's the fire and to me that goes back to leadership and that's why i guess that's why a lot of fans were saying maybe the raiders should have kept rich pasachio because even though he was a longtime coordinator as an interim the team responded to him apparently because they were down 6-7 they had a six-seven record. They responded, bounced back. Now, of course, the players have to execute on the field, and that a lot of credit goes to Derek Carr for doing that with the skeleton pass-catching group that he had. But apparently, guys responded to Rich Pesci's coaching style, and that's why that's part of the reason when you got the results. Now, when you're hearing that guys lack fire and urgency, to me, that goes back to the leadership and the coaching staff. What are you doing to get this team ready for game day and to keep them dialed in?
0: Yeah, no question. And I think that you you see this and, and clearly, and I keep, and I don't know if I'm articulating it correct, Mo, so tell me your thoughts. I just feel like there's some disconnect with whatever this coaching staff is preaching, whatever their mantra is, whatever they're saying to the team during the week, during practice, during game preparation, and even during the game, to, to build on Murph's point of not seeing a lot of fire on the sideline. Whatever it is, is it too cerebral perhaps? I don't know what it is, but it just seems like it's not working. And whatever it is that's not working, the only way it will change is if the coaching staff addresses itself. You know, They needed a closed door meeting with that staff together and say, okay guys, what are we doing and why is it not working? Let's identify our approach. Here's A through Z what we've been doing Let's look at each one of them and figure out what's not working because something's not working. We're not getting through to veterans. We're not getting through to young peop- young players. Our quarterback doesn't look on. We have star players who don't seem focused. What is the deal? How do we overcome it? That's the conversation that needs to happen.
1: Remember, I believe it was last week you picked up on this and you said players were going, oh, this is not my job. That's not my job. Yeah. And you said that that's kind of like a, a sort of a red flag where, where guys are like, oh, it's not my job goes back to your comment connects to your comment now about a disconnect is there a disconnect between players and coach staff do they not like the game planning during the week is are you know certain things that they want in the game plan not included do they feel like their strengths are being used or utilized properly and it's fair to question that right now but i will say this too that it takes it takes some time for a culture to get hold of a locker room especially true. when you're not winning games Very so true. it's not going to it's not going to happen just like that with the snap of your fingers, especially when you start off. 0 and three, it just makes that much harder. Winning cures all, but it's going to take some time for a culture changeover because you had rich Versace, who's known as kind of like a player's coach. And now, as you say, we have more of a cerebral coaching staff with the Raiders where maybe they're not as warm and fuzzy. Maybe they're not writing letters to each individual player as rich Versace is known to do. It's just all business. And for some guys that doesn't play well, some guys need a player's coach. Yeah. For some no guys question. it does play well. So it it it's going to take some time for that culture to take again take hold of that locker room, but again, winning will help expedite the process.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, it would help a lot. But you're right. It's you have different talent, different personalities. These guys haven't had a lot of time. Remember, a lot of these veterans were with John Gruden for 3 seasons, 4 seasons, excuse me. And you get to know that, you know the ins and outs, the, the what they're good at, what they're not good at, what bothers them, what doesn't bother them. Now you have guys off the street and they've had very little time with the new NFL rules. You don't get to spend a lot of time in even camp working out with guys as much. So it's hard to get to know them all. Uh, but uh, we certainly appreciate uh, the question there one, as well. One, yep.
1: one quick, one quick point too. You have to understand too that John Gruden has been a head coach for decades. So he's been with True. different teams. So he's used to dealing with different personalities Josh McDaniels, for the most part, I know he had that failure in Denver, and I believe he had one year as an OC with the Rams, but for the most part, he's been in that New England Patriots cocoon, so he's not used to dealing with a bunch of different personalities. He's used to a certain group of players. I know players go in and out with New England, but he's used to being in that one cocoon, and now he's, he's the head guy on another football team. It could take him some time to, to mesh with his players
0: All right, our final question of the day, Luis from El Paso. He's actually mailed in, uh, I want to say, last month uh, for a question, so a repeat mailer, so we appreciate that very much. Luis asks, hey, I've noticed, too, the Raiders are significantly struggling at linebacker, without Denzel Perryman. Although Divine Diablo has played well, I feel like this is also a reason why the defense is struggling. What do you guys think? Mo, um, no question up the middle, the Raiders are weak. Uh, We talked about it in the defensive line. At linebacker, they're getting some good play here and there, but I think he's on to a point there.
1: Yeah, and this is why I don't understand why they didn't jump on Blake Martinez a little earlier. The, The Giants let him go, and as we know, Blake Martinez played under Patrick Graham with the Giants. I believe the raiders brought him in for a visit but they they didn't sign him but denzel perriman was definitely missed against derrick henry because you need a bigger a linebacker a thumper who could take down a, a big running back who's 6'3 247 pounds now as as you said devon diablo has played well in spots Jayon brown played well in spots but they definitely missed uh their 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 lead linebacker and denzel perriman so to me, I, this is just a philosophy that I have. When you have a really good middle linebacker, typically your defense is pretty good. Mm. So this is this, this also, I know this is a Raiders show, but this is my issue with the Chargers' defense is, it seems like they whiffed on Kenneth Murray. He hasn't played well and he's also been hurt. And you saw their defense get shredded by the Jacksonville Jaguars. The weakest part of the Chargers' defense is their linebacker core. I know Drew Tranquil has some good plays here and there. But their linebacker core is subpar, and to me, any team that has an issue at linebacker, and this goes this connects to the Raiders. What has been the one thing that Raiders fans have said year after year after year? Man, we need a good middle linebacker. We need a <laughs> linebacker. We need a game changer at linebacker. And what have the Raiders struggled with for the past I don't know decade? Having a good defense. Yeah. What's the common denominator? They don't have a good middle. They haven't had a consistent. Good linebacker. I think Perry Riley and Denzel Perryman are the two top names that come come to my at the top of my head. Perry Riley kind of disappeared into the ether. Perryman, as you know, had a Pro Bowl year last year. Defense still kind of struggled, but down the stretch, defense played well enough to get the Raiders into the playoffs because, as we all know, as the offense struggled, the defense had the whole opposing teams under 28, 24 points, and they were able to do that. And they had a good middle linebacker. But now when you take that away, defense struggles again. It's not a coincidence.
0: Yeah, that's why I, I felt back in 2019, uh, I fell in love with Devin White. And I thought, boy, this would be a guy that would be great on the Raiders. And he, of course, went to the Buccaneers, won a Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, there's no question. And Luis, a great question as well yep. uh, on that one, because we have not talked about linebackers. And maybe we'll bring that up next show, too, and we take a look at what the just, Raiders are doing. Just,
1: like. And just really quick, think about yeah. the great, think about the really good defenses in recent history. What they, think about the Bears' defense. What did they, who did they have? Brian Ehrlicher. Miami Dolphins' defense had Zach Thomas. Zach the Thomas. Baltimore Ravens' defense had Ray Lewis. It's not a coincidence. To me, this, again, this is just my philosophy. When you have a top-tier middle linebacker, typically your defense is going to be pretty good, and the Rays are still searching for that.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, drafting linebackers, too, has not been... <laughs> Well, the draft has been poor the last five years anyway, for the most part. So that's... Uh, one note, what one that, note, one saying. note.
1: Sorry, but one note. I actually kind of wanted the Raiders to draft Michael Parsons. I know it seems like oh. hindsight 2020, but I I kind of... I wouldn't have been mad if the Raiders had drafted Michael Parsons. And you see what the Dallas Cowboys defense is able to do even without Dak Prescott on the field.
0: Yes, although that game on Monday night was... <laughs> 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 like a baseball score there for a little bit, uh, but uh, it, it ended nicely for the Cowboys. So, all right, well, listen, um, that's gonna do it for our mailbag show, but we need to pick a winner, Mo. So, so we had uh, Gary again with a question uh, about uh, the Raiders and uh, where, where is it? Okay, yes, offensive line and Derek Carr. We had, of course, Zach. With the question about the play calling and also uh, the leader of men issue with the coaching staff changes and not being an issue. We had Luis with the last question on the linebacker uh, and John's question, which was about the play calling, which I think is huge for this team.
1: The questions were good today. It's kind of hard anyway. for me to pick. But I will I'll pick out two and then I'll let you choose the winner because they were oh, pretty sure. close today. Thank you. I, you, you know, you're you're the you're the pilot of the show. So I'm the, you the I'm the shirt say. guy. <laughs> you're you're the pilot. So i give you the final say, but I really okay. like the uh the play calling suggestions that we're giving about you know rolling out.
0: That was Gary. Yeah. I,
1: I, that was Gary. I, that was good. Yeah. And the linebacker question got me off on a tangent and, and it's just something that Hasn't been talked about enough, mm-hmm. and I think certain people have touched on it. But the raid, there is to me, is no coincidence that the Rays have struggled to field a good defense, and they've also struggled to find a consistent top tier middle linebacker. I think that should be talked about a lot more, and it's good that he brought that to the forefront.
0: Yeah, I I, I like both those questions, and I think it's neck and neck. But I'm going to give it to Luis with the linebacker question, Luis in El Paso, mm-hmm. because. um Yeah, that is one that, I mean, even with all due respect to other journalists and hosts that cover the Raiders, I haven't heard anybody talk about it. So Mm -hmm. uh, I I appreciate Luis bringing it up because I think Mo and I are going to do a little more research and we're going to bring this up on a a future show here real soon and talk about it because I think it was that good of a question and it kind of sparked that. When I got your email, Luis, I was like, man, he's right. He's Uh, right. So we'll do that as we go. So Luis, we have your address. We will send you a T-shirt along with a sticker for everybody else. A good, Mo, I'm always energized by these mailbag question shows. Even when the Raider Nation is not in its best mood mm-hmm. because of the 0-3 start, we still show how great Raider Nation's football IQ is.
1: Yeah, see, with, like with Luis's question about the linebackers, it, I, you know what? I'll be honest. I haven't thought about it too much. Simply because Denzel Perryman was good last year he was a pro bowler. But it just made it, as you said, it sparked a thought to think like, hey, you know, think about the good defenses in recent history. Even the Legion mm-hmm. of Boom had Bobby Wagner. Like, think yes. about that. The good defenses have a, have a top-tier centerpiece, and the Raiders are searching, searching, haven't been able to find it. My worry with Perryman was that he's had an injury history. If you remember him with the Chargers, he was decent, but not on the field enough. And exactly. he's hurt again, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and and they they call linebackers what of the defense? The quarterback of the defense, don't they? Because Mm -hmm. they're they're there putting everybody in place. The Raiders thought, even though he wasn't technically – Uh, a stereotypical middle linebacker. That's what they thought Corey Littleton was going to be, that he never really turned into as well. So so I think that they really need to focus on that in future years, but we will focus on it first. Luis, congratulations on the shirt. Mo, we'll be back tomorrow for our Thursday show where we're going to look ahead at the Denver Broncos. We'll get you up to date on the latest Raider news and find out how things are going in Henderson as we move towards this game on Sunday against the Broncos. My friend, uh, I know uh, early parts of the week, Sunday through Tuesday, are incredibly busy. And then, of course, you're doing this show for Wednesday. Get some rest, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Yeah, maybe we get Kirk Morrison on the show to talk linebackers, because he was probably the last consistent Ah. linebacker that the Raiders had. Maybe we can get him on the show and talk about the importance of the linebacker position. But I thank you guys for tuning in. There Guys, we go. go. We,
0: that's a great suggestion. Mo just might have given you a little Easter egg, something of a hint. So uh, we'll check it out. But make sure you subscribe to the show. Make sure you join us on Thursday. Do us a favor, too, when you subscribe for the show on your iPhone or wherever you're listening to us, your iPad, make sure you hit auto-download. That way, every time a new show comes out, it goes right to your device, and when you're ready in the car, on the train, on the bus, walking, however it is you're going to work, school, wherever you may be off to in the morning, you can listen to us on your commute. We certainly appreciate that. For Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today, the Mailbag Edition for week four of the NFL season in 2022. We are an Odyssey original podcast, and we thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow again here on Silver & Black Today. Bye, everybody.